Well, good morning, Life Church. I'm so. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that warm welcome. I'm so happy to be here with you guys this morning. Actually, I'm only half happy. I'm half happy to be here with you this morning because you see, I'm the children's and family pastor and I spend most of my time in the kids ministry. And there is a certain week that I look forward to all year long at church and it's pajama weekend. And I have been trying to make a thing a thing for a while and it hasn't like caught on, but I wanna make, I wanna do hashtag sweatpants Sunday and it hasn't really caught on. Like I'm, I'm wearing a blazer right now. Like who wants to wear a blazer? Ugh. So this weekend is pajama weekend and I look forward to this weekend all year long. And when Pastor Pete asked me to preach, I forgot that it landed on this weekend because I'm supposed to be in this with this. I mean, I even have a tushy flap. I mean, I've, I've got this. I feel like I should put it on and preach today. I may lose, I may lose my job. <laughs> I, I need my job. I need my job. So I'm, I'm only halfway happy to be here with you guys because half of my heart is wishing I was in pajamas in the kids ministry right now. Um, but since I'm up here, I just wanted to take a moment to brag on my volunteers and the awesome things that are going on in kids in the children's ministry here. Um, it's not about my message, but I just wanted to share with you that God's moving in our, in our church and in our kids ministry as well. And a sign of a, of a healthy church is when you have a growing and thriving kids ministry and um, it, it shows that you're reaching young families in your community and so in the last couple in the last few weeks to couple months we've actually doubled in size in our kids ministry um, that's awesome we have so many new volunteers um, we actually have teenagers who they're not like helping pass out cookies or something. They're actually preaching and teaching the gospel like with conviction and being examples to a younger generation to show them that it is cool to love Jesus and love your church and to save and to serve him. And it's just, I want you guys to know that this isn't your church and we happen to have a program that holds kids while you guys are in here. I'm a firm believer that there is no junior Holy Spirit spirit, um, that the same God who is alive and living and active and walking around in here and working on the hearts of people in here is the same God who is alive and living and active and walking through my kids' classrooms. And I believe we serve a God who is big enough to become small enough for even our littlest ones to grasp that they can learn about Jesus at their level. Actually, just last service, three kids in our first through sixth grade class raised their hand to place their faith in Jesus. That's awesome, that's awesome. Um, so God's moving and it's exciting. I'm just so glad to be here and a part of this ministry. But a few weeks ago, Pastor Pete had asked me to preach um, during this new series. Last week, he kicked off a series called God With Us and it's based off of the verse in Matthew 1:23. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. 
And we're talking about God, experiencing God during like different seasons of our life. We experience him differently during different things. I mean, even when I became a parent, I feel like I learned so much about the heart of the father for us when I became a parent and the different things that I've experienced with my children, I've experienced God different even through it. And last week, he talked about how we experience his presence, what it looks like for God to be with us in the valley. If you missed last week, I'd strongly encourage you to go online and listen to the podcast. He was very vulnerable and open, and I know that it reached a lot of people. Um, And just talking about experiencing him in your valley when you're so dry and you feel disconnected from him. And, you know, we all love to experience Jesus on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. And um, Pastor Pete had talked about how we have to set our mind on him and that when you are in the valley, that if you dig a well, if you dig it, he will fill it. It was a, it was a really powerful message. I want to encourage you to listen to it if you missed it. But then he had asked me, he said, you know, um, week two of this, um, I feel like you'd be perfect to preach for it coming out of the season that you just, that you just went through. And um, he said, the next week of it is God with us in the storm, in the storm. And um, I feel, I just want you guys to know that as I stand up here and with this microphone, that I feel so unqualified to preach this message. I feel so unqualified, um, but... My God is bigger. It is not about me. It is about Jesus. And I honestly feel like that I was just in a storm and I was overboard and I was in water and kind of drowning. I don't know if you've ever felt like your mouth was barely even like over the water and the waves were crashing over and I was taking in water and probably going down just a little bit and someone pulled me out of the water and put my feet on solid ground and needed to breathe for me. They probably were giving me mouth to mouth and I'm coughing up water from my lungs (coughs) almost dying and the person then like as I like wipe myself off and says I think that you would be really perfect for um speaking at a seminar on now how not to drown in like going overboard (laughs) sure (coughs) that's 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 kind of what I feel like, I feel like I can just share one word with you and we could be good to go. Um, I have one very simple but very powerful word that I wanted to share and it's what kept me alive and it's the word Jesus. Jesus. We just sang that song, Jesus, Jesus. Sometimes when all you have is a broken whisper, so all you can say is Jesus. A lot of times we bring our problems to Jesus and we're showing them all these things. But sometimes we need to bring our Jesus to our problems and say, but Jesus, but Jesus, that's what we got to do. That's all I've got for you. You're good to go. No, I'm just joking. I got a little bit more. I got a little bit more. Have you ever heard the saying, you're either coming out of a storm or you're in the middle of a storm or a storm is right around the corner? That's really discouraging (laughs) nobody wants to say amen to that but it's true and um there are people all around this room right now who know that there's like they have that conviction that silent solemn yes they know that um do i have any pinterest people here 
I have it in Pinterest? Yeah, I'm on Pinterest all the time. Mine's all about recipes and stuff like that. But I have this quote saved to my Pinterest board. And once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be, in sh- you won't even be sure, in fact, whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. I have that saved to my board. Because you know, when you're in the middle of it, and especially if you're a Christ follower and you believe in a God who's so powerful that in a moment he spoke into existence the world that we see, that we do serve a God who in a moment can stop a storm. He can change everything in a moment. So when you are in a storm and we serve a God who can in a moment heal you, who in a moment can open up a door, who in a moment can bring restoration and heal your heart in a moment, but you're still in that storm. Storms, they change you. You won't be the same person who walked in. Storms definitely change you. So we've had some big storms in our country this last year. You can turn on the news and see a hurricane that has destroyed another whole community. And the camera will zoom in on someone's face when they're walking into their their neighborhood or where their home once stood. And you can see the devastation, the complete devastation that's all over them and where, where what do I do? I don't, what pieces do I have left? And they have these names of the storms. And here in Buffalo, I mean, we don't name our hurricanes. Like we don't have that around here. Here, I mean, and I think it's funny, they name them mostly women names. Like name a hurricane after a lady. Thanks. Thank you. But here in Buffalo, here in Buffalo, we have blizzards. We have like the famous blizzards around here. Me and my husband, we've been living in Columbus, Ohio for the last 13 years. We just moved back, so we've missed some doozies. But we could watch it from social media, and our friends would text us pictures, and our family was all here. And we name our storms, too. We called it Snowvember 2015. People still talk like, do you remember Snowvember? Oh, my gosh. And they're like always asking me if I'm ready for the snow and I'll blow away. And I'm always cold. I'm so, so cold. Um, Someone shared this week that you can buy electric sacks. I want that for Christmas, babe. I want that for Christmas. It's November 2015. So we weren't here for it. But my mom, my mama was trapped in that storm. Okay, so my mom worked in... I don't know what it's necessarily called, but there are homes in neighborhoods. Um, They just are regular homes, and they house maybe like six to eight individuals, adults with special needs or different disabilities or handicaps. And my mom worked there. So they're there stationed to help care for them. And my mom worked the night shift. And for the night shift, they only ever scheduled one person because they should be sleeping. And the home that my mom was at, they were all individuals with extreme and they needed total care. More than half of them were in wheel, were wheelchair bound and they required a lot of effort and they needed to be cared for. They could not care for themselves on their own. And the storm hit when that during she was there. Now to add to it, my mom also had high blood pressure and her next medication was at home. And so she didn't have her medication. And so no one could come to my mom and no one, my mom could not leave. And my mom was 
the snow was above the house and she's buried in this house and she is trapped. And finally, after a few days, my mom, I'm texting, we're calling, and she's getting very scared because now her blood pressure without her medication is resting in the 200s over like 120-something, 130-something. And at any moment, she could have a stroke or she could have a heart attack. And what would happen not only to her, but to the individuals in her care? And so after a few days, they ended up, she was on the phone, 911, and they organized with like the National Guard and different volunteer teams to rescue her. I lost this word last time. What is it when you like ride? A snowmobile, a snowmobile. They had to get a snowmobile with a sled and bring it over to my mom. But my mom also had to dig out of the house and carve up through the snow to get up on top of the snow so they can see her and deliver a person to replace her and take her out. And a couple times she thought, like she started to collapse um, and she was like, oh my God, am I going to die right here in the snow? Am I going to die right here? My mom did not die. My mom is still alive. She was in first service. So she was rescued. Um, but the storm, a storm changes you. She took early retirement after that storm too. <laughs> she did. She did. It's true. Um, a storm changed my mom. Um, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. We call that Snowvember of 2015. We name hurricanes after different people. But the thing also in our life, we're talking about storms. And you can think to a storm that you've had in your life or one that you're going through right now, and we name it too. We name it, can I just get through this storm? Can I get through this divorce? Can I just get through this financial crisis? This storm that I'm living in of infertility and negative test after negative test and I feel like a failure and why isn't this working? And how many miscarriages do I have to experience? And God, I said your name and when is the storm going to end? A storm will change you and you have a name for your storm. We just want it to go away especially when we know that there is a God who can make it go away and stop it in a moment so today what I want to focus on with all of you guys and something that had to be an anchor and a conviction I had to have at my core I had to have it a part of my DNA during my storm and I'm going to repeat it multiple times today is this never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Today we're going to be jumping into the book of Acts and we're going to talk about a storm that the Apostle Paul was in. He was actually on a ship in a storm. He was a prisoner. They were getting ready to transport him. And they could, the, the crew saw that the weather was changing and they knew that there was going to be a bad storm. And um, so we're going to pick up right around there. And the storm does hit and it's awful. It's raging for days and days and days. And they're convinced that they are all going to die, that they're not going to make it. You're not going to make this storm. They're throwing things overboard and they're freaking out. And that's where we're going to pick up right here, when the storm rages on. So Acts 27, verse 20. 
when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. I wonder how many of us have ever felt like that in the storm, or maybe you're sitting here right now and you've given up all hope that this storm will ever end. And the storm continued to rage and they gave up all hope. There's just no way my marriage is gonna make it. There's no way that my relationship with my kids can be restored. There's no way I'm ever gonna be a parent. I'm always gonna be alone. I wonder how many of us have ever felt like that. You just weren't gonna make it. Then Paul says in verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves as damage and loss. I think Paul's kind of funny right there, honestly. Like, men, you should have taken my advice. He's basically saying, I told you so. <laughs> so whenever you want to do that, it's like found in the Bible. You can be like, I told you so. Um, but honestly, some of us, there are some of us who have either been in a storm or you're in a storm right now because it's our own fault. In Christian circles, we do like to blame a lot on the enemy, that the enemy did this, he, he came after me, he made me do it. But God's word says that we are full of flesh. I'm a whole lot of flesh. I'm a whole lot of flesh. And where our hearts are wicked and we're selfish to our core. And sometimes we are in a storm because our own faults. The, the, the crew on, that, on this boat saw that the weather was going to be changing and they made the decision to go out anyway. They were in the storm because of their own faults. Maybe, maybe you said something you just shouldn't have said. Maybe you swiped that credit card one too many times. Maybe you're in a relationship issue and it's awful and someone warned you not to. Your daddy warned you not to date him. Your mama warned you not to date him. Your pastor warned you, your youth pastor. Facebook even, the little tests on there, they were like, click, click, click. No, run far away, run, run, run. Everyone told you not to do it, but you were like, but he's got so much potential, so much potential. And yeah, so much potential to ruin your life ruin your life. Sometimes we are in a storm because it's our own fault. And I don't know about you, but I have a whole lot more faith that God is willing to help me in a storm and rescue me from something when it wasn't my own fault. But if it was my own fault, that God maybe is not that willing, that maybe I deserve this. Maybe I just got to pay a little bit more price. I deserve to be in the storm because man, I messed up. I did this again. I took another hit. I did it again. 
If that's you in this place today, I want to tell you that we serve a God who is constantly pursuing us, and he never gives up on us. He is always ready to start a new chapter in your life, and he's excited to. Whether it's a second chance, a 50th chance, or a 500th chance, God is always pursuing you. There's another guy in the Bible, his name was Jonah, and he ran far and fast from God, and God met him in the belly of a fish and was like, yep, new chapter, let's do this again. He's coming after you. He will never stop pursuing you. God is with you and he wants you. It's never, ever too late for you. Now, there probably were some other people on that ship who they were just along for the ride. Their bosses said, no, we're going out on this. And now here they are in a storm and it wasn't their fault. Many of us can find ourselves at different times in our life in the middle of a storm and it wasn't It's not your fault. Maybe your parents got a divorce and now your storm, it's your fight and it wasn't your fault. The company downsized and you lost a job and you're still unemployed. You're stuck in that storm. You trusted somebody and they betrayed you. They didn't keep their word and you're in a storm and it wasn't your fault. The storm continued to rage and they gave up all hope. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Next verse says in verse 22, but take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. What Paul is saying in this, he's saying to keep your courage and to keep your faith I want to encourage every person in this room today to make the commitment and to keep your courage and to keep your faith. Only the ship will be destroyed. Keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Verse 23, he says, For last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me and he said, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I want to stop there for a moment because I want to get this picture that I love that Paul shows us is that he says that there is an angel of the Lord who stood beside me. And I believe that with 100% of my being, that what I see with my two eyes is not the only world that's happening around us, but there is a very real spiritual realm happening all around us. I believe that there could be some very powerful angels standing right behind me. Just maybe, maybe they're right there. (laughs) They're probably laughing right now. (laughs) But there's probably also, I believe it, the Bible talks about warring angels that go to battle for us. If you can picture it, because God is working in the hearts of people right now, that the enemy hates that. So there are angels probably encamped around our building at this very moment going to battle for you. Believe with 100% of who I am that there is a world that is happening all around us, that there's angels that he sends to comfort us also, to be with us, but also 
what I love. One of the character traits of God is that he is omnipresent. Omnipresent. Omni means all or every and present. He is, his presence is everywhere. There is not a place that you can go. There isn't a height. The Bible talks about no height or no depth that you can go, that his presence is not there. There is not a place or a day in your life that God's presence is not surrounding you. There isn't a living room or a kitchen that you can fight in that God is not there. There isn't a bathroom that you can cut in or do drugs in that God's presence is not there with you. There isn't a bed that you can cry in that his presence is not there with you. He is everywhere. He is everywhere. Now, I'm a visual person I'm going to take you to school for a moment, if that's all right. I, I have a biology degree from Ohio State, and I, so I'm a science geek, and I want to take you back to like middle school or high school. Do you guys remember the periodic table? Yes. Okay, so everything around us is matter. There's solid, there's liquid, there's gas, but everything is broken down into the smallest of pieces. It's an atom. And when you, when you know what an atom is, there's like a proton and a neutron, and even around it, there's an electron that like goes around it. But even in the smallest of spaces, there he is. There isn't a place that God's presence does not exist. He's all around us at this very moment. I always found it interesting when people would say, like, I just, did you feel God's presence today? He's everywhere. Whether or not you choose to acknowledge that we are standing in the presence of a sovereign and a powerful and a holy God. He is right here and in a moment because he invades even the smallest of spaces that I can breathe him in. If, you're, if, you have, if your storm is a diagnosis and something isn't right in your body, I want you to picture that. Grab a hold of that picture that you can breathe him in. I breathe you in. You cannot escape him. He is with you on your worst day and he is with you on your best day. He is with you always. God with us. But for those of you who have placed your faith in Jesus... It says that when you do that, that the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit chooses you to be his resting place. That the Holy Spirit, God himself chooses to dwell inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is alive and living inside of you. You are never separated from him. He is always with you. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I don't think that we can always fully grasp all of the ways that he is with us. He stands beside us. He directs our paths. He's out, not bound by time. He's in our tomorrow. He's answering and working on your prayers that you're going to pray five years from now. He goes before you. He stands next to you. He lights your path. He is with you. He is with you. I love these extra verses that I wrote down in 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 17. It says, everybody else deserted me. No one stood beside me, but the Lord stood at my side and he gave me strength. David said in Psalms, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. When you recognize that even though that you are in the presence of a storm, but the Lord is right by you, 
It changes how you see your storm. It changes how you see your storm because it's all about who's in the boat with you. It's all about who's in the boat with you. There's another storm in the Bible in Matthew chapter 8. And um, I think, honestly, this is how I, many times in my life, have reacted. And I think many of you may have done this as well. But they're on the boat, and a storm is coming, and the disciples start freaking out, and Jesus is sleeping on the boat, and they're yelling at him. And they're like, God, Jesus, wake up. What are you going to do? And they're freaking out, and they think that they're going to go down. And many times in my life, I feel like I came at God like he was sleeping on the job. Like, I declare how good you are. I declare your presence in my life. Where are you? Are you sleeping? Did you forget about me? I don't, I feel abandoned. Are you sleeping on the job? Jesus came out and he said, don't be afraid. Peace, be still. And in a moment, their storm, there was peace. Why did they experience peace? They experienced peace because Jesus was on the boat. Real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Real peace isn't a trouble-free life. You will never have a trouble-free life. And if anyone sold you on that, that when you follow Christ, that you'll have a trouble-free life, that was bad theology and bad teaching. Because what God's word does say in John 16, it says, in this world, you will have trouble. Thanks. You will have trouble. That's a promise from Jesus. You will have trouble, but take heart. Have courage, keep the faith. I have overcome the world. Real peace is not found in the absence of trouble. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. He is right there with me. He is right there beside me. He is living inside of me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. I want to look at verse 23 again. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. What Paul is saying right there to those people God had already given Paul a promise of what he was going to be doing later. So when he was in that storm, he encouraged them with this. You can't go down in this ship because God's got more for you to do. I'm here to tell some of you in your storm that you're not going to go down in this ship. You're not going to go down in this storm because God still has more for you to do. This right here is actually what got me through because I understand that his presence was always with me. And I love him. I love Jesus so much. 
And I don't know if you've ever gone through a storm where your prayer turned to, Jesus, can you please just bring me home? Can you just bring me home? And I believe that my God adores me so much and he can't wait to see my face. He can't wait till I'm at home. So I believe that there's a God who can't wait that I'm there. Why doesn't he bring me home? Because he's got more for me to do. If you're not dead, he's not done. There are more people for you to love. You are not gonna go down in this ship. Your diagnosis isn't gonna destroy you. You're not gonna go down in the ship because God has more for you to do. He's got more people for you to love. He's got more things in your future. He wants to bring you home one day. So if he's choosing not to, there is a reason. And the things that you learn in the storm that you probably never wanted to learn, you never wanted to learn, what it was like to lose a child. You don't want to learn what it feels like to lose a spouse. But nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. God still had more for me to do. Last service, three people came to know Jesus in my kids' ministry. Nothing is wasted. He will use every pit part of your storm. He will give you purpose. He will strengthen you. He will deepen your roots. He will use what you learn to help somebody else. And then before you know it, you will be able to talk to somebody and say, you know what, we survived unfaithfulness. God can do a miracle in your life too. And you can talk to somebody else who's struggling with addiction and you can say, no, look at me. God's presence got me through it. And before you know it, you become an evangelist to the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'll never trade. I don't ever want to relive anything of what I just did. But what I got to know about Jesus, I don't ever want to give that up. So take courage, for I believe it will be just as he said. I choose to have faith in a God and not in my situation and my circumstances and not in the ship, but in the God who made the trees that made the ship. You can't always control what happens. You can't control the storm when it happens, when it comes to you. But you can choose to place your faith in a God who never, ever leaves you. I want to encourage you with this verse. In Psalms 46, 1 through 3, it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. We can say it this way, that even if I lose my job, I will still praise him in the storm. That even if, what's your even if? That I will still place my faith 
in you that even if I will not be afraid, why? Because Emmanuel, God is with us because he is with me, because he is my refuge and my strength, because he is a fortress, because he is my comforter. He is my friend that never leaves me or he never forsakes me. He is my rock and he is my strength. He will never leave me. He has never abandoned me. He is my comforter. He is my very best friend. He is my peace. And peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Look, the virgin will be with child and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I'd like the band to come up. I want to close differently today. Because also, right before this other verse, it says in Matthew 1.21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Earlier today, I started and said, I only have one word for you and it's Jesus. And I thought that this song was perfect way to close with whatever storm that you're going through. You know, God's word says that there is power in just saying his name. Some of us, I want to declare his name over your storm. It says that when you say his name, that demons have to flee, that there is healing in his name, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Today, we are going to be declaring Jesus over your depression and over your anxiety. We're going to declare Jesus over your diagnosis, whatever it may be. The, the words to this song says, peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break at your name. I want you to say that with conviction. It says, still, call the sea to still, the rage in me to still every wave at your name. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Some of us, you're going to say the name of Jesus for the very first time, or you're going to sing in a church for the very first time. Today, this is the day that you're going to do it. Others of us, maybe you've never raised your hands in church. It's not a requirement, but I want to encourage you. If you haven't never done that, raising your hand is a sign of surrender. I give up. I give it to you. Maybe that's your step of walking out of the boat is just putting your hands up. But to anybody else in here who has a storm that you are going through, like Peter had to take a step out of the boat, I want to encourage you to take a step out of your row. You can come into the aisle. You can come up front. I'm going to be right here declaring Jesus over and over and over again in my life. Church, would you stand with me? We're going to declare Jesus over our situation. We're going to declare Jesus over our storm. What is it for you? Is it depression? Is it abandonment? We're going to declare Jesus is greater. There is no other name greater than Jesus. Jesus.